Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. We started a series, uh, I believe it was last week, uh, and who knows what the series is. Can you say it with me? Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Say it again. Don't take the bait. Okay? We were talking, we started a series, it's a relationship month, and talking about a subject that is very common uh, in the world, uh, and I would even say it's especially true in the Asian culture, is this idea of being offended. And how when we become offended, uh, we end up going into a trap. And how the word actually in the Bible says that, you know, offense will come, uh, but uh, don't be surprised when it comes, but it will come. And that word offense means to be like a piece of bait on the end of a trap. And when you take the bait of that, boom, you're trapped. Uh, I, I, heard just, I just heard it just recently. A pastor uh, actually did a series on this, and he actually build, built a fence. He says, you know, when you're offended, you know, you're a fence, you build a fence. It's a little play on words. And he actually built a fence. And last week I talked about when you uh, become hurt and you build a wall, you think that wall is there to protect you. But I'm telling you today that that wall is not here to protect you. That wall will trap you. That's what happens when you get offended. So when you take the bait, you end up walking into a trap. Now I found it interesting that Paul, the Apostle Paul, actually wrote this in Philippians. It was a prayer, and, and, and it reads this. It says... I pray, I, and this I pray, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and, and all discernment, and that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere, listen to this, without offense until the day, until, till the day of Christ, being filled with all the fruits of righteousness which are by, which are by, uh, by Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so... He doesn't even want us to have offense. So when we come, he doesn't want to have anyone offended. He doesn't want to be, have anyone in a trap. He doesn't want us to be trapped. And I, and I said to you that, that, like, I want you to be free. I want us to be free. Can I get an amen? amen. And if you're in a trap, you're not free. Can I get an amen? amen? If you've got walls all around you, you're not free. You're trapped in. Amen. And so this is, God doesn't want us to stay offended. He wants us to be set free from this, and really what he wants is not us to even get trapped. And we've been coming out of Luke chapter 17, and so I want to read a piece of that. Luke 17, verses 1, 3, and 4. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble or to be offended, that's what that word means, are bound to come or are sure to come. But woe to any through whom they come. Now he's giving you the way out of offense. And this is a very difficult thing. He says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times a day. And seven times come back uh, uh, to you saying, I repent. He doesn't, say, you, he doesn't say forgive them. Notice what he says. He doesn't say forgive them. He says, you must 
You must forgive. Harus. Forgive. It's like a command. And I believe that he's commanding you because he's trying to keep you from being trapped. He's tr- it's, it's, not like a, a, it's not like a burden. It's something healthy. You know, it's like, I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm allergic to any food that's green. I don't like vegetables, but they're good for me. I must eat vegetables. Why? Because it's good for me. You know, I must eat them because they're good for me. Do I like it? No. Will it help me and benefit me in the future? Yes. See, so there are things that we should do, you know, uh, that we need to do. Now, uh, you know, picture two kids. I don't know if you ever had, if you ever have kids, if you've had little kids, you know, you're trying to teach them these things. You know, so, so, so uh, you know, Tommy, you know, hurts Jimmy, and, and, uh, and, and Jimmy's all mad, you know, and, and, and you're trying to get them together, and so, you know, you say to, you say to Tommy, Tommy, you, you know, apologize, say you're sorry, you know, Tommy, what does Tommy say? I'm sorry, sorry, you know, it barely comes out of his mouth, you know, I'm sorry, you know. And then you say to Jimmy, Jimmy, has this ever happened to you, Jimmy? Jimmy, you know, okay, you say, I forgive you, and what does Jimmy say? He doesn't really mean it. Now, I want you to notice that in this passage, it says, if they come to you and say, I repent. It doesn't say, if they say, I repent, like, in a good way. Doesn't say if they say it with a sincere heart. It just says, if they say, I repent, forgive them. See, because forgiveness is something that you give. Now, I know you know this that when 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 you ask forgiveness from God, you say, God, forgive me, He gives it to you, He grants it to you. There's no reason for Him. There's nothing about you that he should do that. It's just why? Because he loves you. He forgives you. You see, forgiveness comes out of a heart of love. It comes out, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't look at the other person and say, thank God God doesn't do this. He doesn't look at the person and say, yeah, he deserves it. Okay, I forgive you. Uh, okay, the sincere level, you know, the, the, the sincerity level has now got up to like 8 out of 10. Okay, now I'll forgive them. Nope. Thank God he forgives us, amen? You know what's really wild about God? Is that God says, I forgive you, and he knows next week you're going to do it again. Can I get an amen? I mean, this is the most amazing thing. I don't know about you, when I was 21 years old, I came to Jesus, you know, and I said, Jesus... You know, I surrender all. I love you. I want to serve you the rest of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Cleanse me from all uh, uh, unrighteousness. Lord God, I want to be one of your children. Please accept me into heaven. Please accept me into your family. And he said, yes, I forgive you. Knowing all the things that I would do the next 20 years to him. Like, and he didn't, he didn't, I love you, I thank you for the woo, 
Everybody go, woo! Yeah, we, everybody, see, how come only like this side of the thing did it? What happened over here? That's the most amazing thing about God. And I'm, when I say he knew everything you were going to do, it wasn't like he said, I'll forgive you, but I know what you're going to do. No. He just said, I forgive you fully. Woo. I love that. I love that about God. That's what he's challenging us to do. Now, we're going to get into some, some of the practice here of how to get set free from, from offense. Uh, and so I just want to kind of define the word so that you know this is like a dictionary definition. It's an annoyance or a resentment brought about by a perceived unfair treatment. Now, I didn't say an unfair treatment. I said a perceived unfair treatment because sometimes you're offended and you're even wrong about the reason. Sometimes someone says something to you innocently. They may say it the wrong way, but you perceive it to be an offense and you become offended. Uh, you know, speaking of kids' church, I laughed. Uh, this has happened to me now twice here. Uh, the, I was talking to one of the parents and, and she said, you know, I love your victory kids. By the way, it will be better when you parents get involved. It's coming your way. Anyways, just a side thing. Okay. Um, she said, I love, I love your, your victory kids. We come to this community, this church community, we come because of the kids' ministry you have. And I looked at her and I said, you realize that I'm, I'm a bit offended by that. You're like insulting me because you come for the kids. You know, you don't come for me. And she said, well, we all must sacrifice. <laughs> now, I'm not sure that she actually was insulting me, but boy, that was kind of a, you know, yeah. You know, and I could have took offense to it. I just laughed my head off. I thought it was the funniest thing. That's happened to me twice now. Uh, so maybe I should take the hint and get a, become a better preacher. I don't know. But anyways, it is a resentment, and it's brought about by a perceived uh, uh, unfair treatment and feelings that are associated with offense are like these you know you get angry you have sorrow you're upset you're grieved you're annoyed you're disappointed maybe I would use the word grumpy especially when you think of that person you you inside you're you know you have feelings like that you've been unjustly treated you have those feelings but you know sometimes you don't have any feelings sometimes you're so good at it that you don't really have any feelings but you can't meet them face to face you can't sit there and meet them face to face because if you can't you're probably trapped I'm not saying that everything is resolved I'm saying that you're not in a trap you're not having those feelings like Sometimes you'll have feelings like, uh, okay, so that person, you know, hurt you or did something wrong, and then you find out that something bad happened to them, and you're like, mm hmm yeah. Ah, feels so good. You know, because, oh, God, thank you for, for bringing about justice to that person. Come on, you know how it feels. And so if you can't genuinely... Oh, oh, and then you get the other, the opposite is true. You know, all of a sudden, they get like really blessed and they're doing really well and you're like, Arr. 
can't believe it. Why did they get blessed? Look what they did. You know, you get those kind of feelings. See, you can't just be happy for someone. If you have those kind of feelings, you're probably in a trap. You're probably trapped. You're trapped in a fence. And you need to get out. You need to get free. We've got to get set free. Now, I'm just giving you some practical things here. This is, this is kind of how you walk into a trap, okay? I'm going to give you the process of how you walk into a trap. First, you have this thing happen to you. You feel unfairly treated or you're hurt, right? And so the first thing you do, as I talked about last week, you build a wall, and you build that wall like for protection, but, and you build it out of resentment, but actually that wall is beginning to trap you. Now here's what happens. This is the key to what happens, is once you build that wall, once you've started in that process, and you are now in resentment or in anger, and you haven't forgiven that person, then the evil one says, now I can begin to fill your fenced-in area with a bunch of lies. Now I can begin to pour into your thoughts and your thinking all kinds of lies. Like, yep, that person did it on purpose. You ever, you ever notice a couple? You ever notice a couple, marriage couple, you know, they've been together for a long time, you know, and there's something in their relationship, something in their uh, relationship that, one, let's, I'll just, you know, the husbands, we're always doing something wrong. So, uh, you know, we did something wrong, you know, and, 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 and we don't do it, you know, every now and then we do it. You know, every now and then we do the same thing. You know, I don't know, I don't know what we do. We do something. And, and uh, oh, like maybe we don't, like, I'll just do a stupid thing. Like the toothpaste, you know, we don't roll it up. We just squeeze it. You know, we just squeeze it. You know, how many squeeze it? I squeeze it. I squeeze it. I don't, I don't roll it up. Never roll it up. Right? And, 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 and I do that, you know, once in a while. And, and, you know, and so the first time, you know, honey, would you please not do that? Second time is, honey, would you please not do that? Third time is, I can't believe it! You know? And then you meet for marriage counseling. Okay? And you got this problem, you're meeting for marriage counseling. And... So you sit there, and I say to the wife, uh, so what's the matter? And she says this. He always does this. Always. Or he never does this. Always or never. All, those words come out in, especially people who have been resented for some time, the words always and never, and I catch it immediately, and I, and I, I basically say to them, you know, I'll bet you he doesn't always do it. Not always. Sometimes. But not always. I'm sure over the course of history that, you know, one time he was sitting in the, in the, uh, in the bathroom and he was just brushed his teeth and he went to squeeze it and he went, and I'm going to hear it again. I'll roll it this time. I'm sure he did it once. But to the person who is offended, to the person who is angry, to the person who has in the trap... The devil loves to use words like always and never. When the word always and never can only be referred to by, to by one person, and that is God himself. Because he always and he never. But we as human beings, always and never? Mm, I don't think so. And so we get in these, in these we, we're, now we're in this 
place and all these lies that come from unforgiveness and bitterness, they, they begin to pour into us. And, and as we begin to believe those, what happens is it diminishes our ability uh, to, to love. It diminishes not only, as I said last week, not only to the people that we're offended by, but it actually diminishes our ability to love anyone. And I love that song. What does it say? Help me uh, in your love to, to, to uh, what is it? To those around me. Uh, walk in love to those around me. I love that. And if you have these walls and you have these lies, it diminishes your ability to love and all your relationships begin to get damaged. And I would say this, that even your future relationships will already start out in a bad place because you're filled with offense. And so, and then the bad, bad part is it does affect your communion with God. There is an absolute direct relationship to the amount of way you love God and the way you love others. And if you don't love others, you it's a, it, both are affected. It is, they, are, they, are, they are brothers glued together. Those two things, loving God and loving others, are just almost one and the same. Let's say it that way. Matter of fact, I could almost argue, and I won't do it now, that it is one and the same. If you truly love God, you will love people. You know what? I'm not even going to say it. It is absolutely true that loving God and loving people are exactly the same. Can I get an amen? There's no doubt about it. Because if you love God, his love is for others. Amen? Can I get an amen? Absolutely. So I just, I just argued with myself and I won. Okay. So, but your communion with God is affected. Now, listen. Now, here's what's really interesting. I found this verse as I was studying this, and so I just want to read it and show you something here. In Ephesians chapter 4, 30, it says, Do not grieve. Do not grieve or to sadden or offend. Do not offend the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, put it away from you and all malice like a desire to see others suffer. Put it all away and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ has forgiven you. You see how there's a relationship? And think about it. When you are offended and you have these feelings that we talked about that happen in these ideas when you get offended, when you have these feelings, you are grieving the Holy Spirit or you're causing a stumbling block or he's like, he's in a, the Holy Spirit is trapped in his ability to work through you. Check that one out. That's a scary thought. He wants to work through you, but if you have all these lies and these bitterness and anger built up inside of you, and when I say this, it does, some of you say, now oh, I'm not angry. Yeah, well, inside, if you have, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't always have an anger feeling. Sometimes it's just total silence. You want nothing to do with that person. You have absolutely no feelings for that person. Because they hurt you. That's what I'm talking about here. The Holy Spirit is grieved and cannot move through you. Not that he doesn't love you, not that you're not part of him, but he's just like, I want to pour through you, and I can't because all this junk is in the way. I'll show you another one. Matthew chapter 11, 
Verse 22, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. If you say to this mountain, remember we saw this in Luke 17 last week, you say to this mountain, be lifted and thrown into the sea, it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Okay? Now listen, I tell you the truth. You can pray for anything. Now Jesus said anything. That means anything. It doesn't mean some things. It means anything. And if you believe, you shall receive it, and it will be yours. Oh, I can do that. I can just pray anything, and it will happen. Because you didn't keep reading. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone holding the grudge against you so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. And when I say, will hear your prayer. You see how it's all connected? If you're in offense, if you are offended and you have it in your heart and you have this kind of stuff in your heart, when you pray it's hindered, the Holy Spirit can't move in your heart, you can't love others. Man, this is a lousy way to live. Can I get an amen? Now, are you willing to admit? Can you admit? Now, I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but can you admit that you have offense in your life? I want you to stop right now. I want you to ask yourself, because I do this, I want you to review the relationships that you have now. I want you to review the relationships that you have now. And I want you to review the relationships from your past. And I want you to ask yourself, we're going to stop before we move on. I want you to ask yourself, do I, am I in a trap? Am I trapped somewhere? Do I, have I forgiven them fully? Okay? So just pray with me for a second. I think I'm touching somebody over here. You, have you been struggling? You struggling lately? We need to pray for you. We need to pray over you. It's okay. I'm glad. I don't mean to call you out. Or is it my stomach? I don't know which one it is, but, you know. Uh, I, want you to, I, want you to, I want to pray. I want you to pray, okay? So just take a second. Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, let's just pray. Lord, search my heart. I love that. It says it in the Psalms. Lord, Search my heart and see if there be any wicked way within me. Lord, am I holding offense to anyone? Am I holding offense towards my parents, my mother, my father, because of the way they treated me growing up? Are they, and Lord, my brothers. Lord, my ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. Lord, my ex-husband or ex-wife. Lord, my, my boss. Lord, the man, excuse me for this expression, the man who screwed me in business, Lord, am I holding an offense towards them? The one who ripped me off. Lord, am I holding an offense to my, my husband now, my, my wife now? Lord, am I holding an offense towards you? Over the next few weeks, I want you to, I want, we're going to release that. We, I, want you to, I want you to be able to be released from that. Because I want you to be free. I want you to be set free from this. You can be set free. You can actually look into the face of someone that really hurts you and, and just go, I love you. It doesn't mean you have to trust them. It doesn't mean you have to go be pals with them anymore. But you can be free. You can be. 
and they don't even have to ask forgiveness. You can do it, okay? And we're going to talk about how to do that right now, like truths that will bring freedom, truths that will help you get out of that trap, that will bring freedom to your life. Now, the first one is that your value is not determined by how someone treats you. I'm going, to, I'm going to share two truths with you. Actually, I'm going to steal the first one from, from, uh, from Jessica. She used it in the first, Pastor Jessica, in the first gathering. I liked it. Okay. 100,000 rupiah, right? Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not asking you to come get it yet. Okay. It doesn't matter. 100,000, 1 million. Let's say it's even 1 million. Uh, you know, but we'll just use 100,000 for now. Okay. 100,000. This one just came out of the ATM. Nice and crisp. Looks nice, yeah? worth 100,000, right? How many believe this is worth 100,000 rupiah? Yeah? Raise your hand. Yeah? Okay, cool, cool. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. How about now? Is it worth 100,000? It's cut in half now, right? It's half. Folded. Is it still worth 100? Yep, okay. How about, how about now? Is it still worth 100 now? Right? How about, how about, wait a minute, wait a minute. How about now? Is it still worth 100 now? When does it stop being worth 100? No matter what I do to it, it's still worth 100,000 rupiah, no matter what I do to it, right? That's you. But you're worth way more than 100,000 rupiah. Way more. You're worth way more than 100,000 rupiah. You are worth enough that Jesus said, I'm going to die for you and you only. If there was only you, I would die for you. I'll give my whole life. God said, I'll give my whole life for you because you are worth it. You are valued in a, in a way so amazing. So what if Jimmy does something to me? So what if he stomps on me? So what if he crim cr crumbles me up, steps on me? I'm still worth enough to God to have him die for me. I have great value. You have great value. We all have great value. And what you're doing is you're allowing someone, someone's lies, someone's wrongs to dictate who you are, to dictate your value. That's what's happening in this idea of offense. Okay? I'm going to give you a second one. I'm going to give you a second one that's a little different, a little different, but same, same thought. And I got this yesterday. It was so good. Okay? So your value is not determined by how, how, how someone else treats you. Well, your value is not determined also by your weaknesses. Okay, here's what happens. Even, even Friday night, I was talking to some of the youth, and, you know, I found out, I didn't know youth talked to themselves. I mean, I talked to myself. Do you talk to yourself? I talk to myself. And what's happening, the scary part, is the older I get, the more hard of the hearing I get, so the louder I talk. So, like, the other day, I was in the bathroom, and, my wife yelled at what? I'm like, what? She's like, you're talking. Yeah, I'm talking to myself. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm all set, you know. I mean, if you find me in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the store, I'm probably talking to myself, and I'm probably talking out loud, you know. I'm the only one who listens to me anyway, so what the heck, right? But, but you know, we, we call that self-talk, right? We call that self-talk. And I was talking to some, and, and I said, is your self-talk positive or negative? And most of them said their self-talk was negative. And so inside our, inside our minds, we have these negative thoughts. And 
part of it is from somebody done, d doing something wrong to us or someone telling us something or someone calling us a name, you know? And, 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 it, and it gets inside us. And then we look at our weaknesses and, and we begin to take our weaknesses and here's what happens in this trap. Here's what happens in this trap. Okay? So I'm going to just kind of give you the principles. Easier for me to just say it than to try to set it up. Humility is the great equalizer. Okay, what am I talking about? Humility is supposed to be the great equalizer. What I mean by that is, I've got weaknesses. I mean, Jimmy and I have been working together. Do I have some weaknesses? You know, one thing I like about Jimmy is he's really like quiet during a storm and I'm like screaming my head off. You know, he's very calm and I'm like, Wah! Get the sails! And Jimmy's like, yeah, just relax, we'll get it done. You know, I love that about him. You know, but I have weaknesses, you know. I, and I know my weaknesses. And most of you know your weaknesses, right? And what those weaknesses do, what, are, what they're supposed to do for you is they're the great equalizer to bring you hum humility so you know you're not great. That's okay. It's supposed to make you uh, realize that you're, you can stay humble. It's supposed to keep you humble. That's good. But here's what happens to you. You don't let it humble you. You let it trap you. And it goes less than humility. It goes down into the depths. I'm no good. You know, my friends don't think I'm any good. My ex-boyfriend doesn't think I'm any good. You know, I'm not pretty. Uh, I'm fat. Uh, I'm ugly. You know, all these thoughts because you've heard something from the world or from someone else. And you've let that bring you past humility down into the depths you know i mean you know this i've said this a thousand times someone walks up donald you are the most unorganized person in the world i'm like yep but it doesn't affect me it doesn't change my value god never set, god set my value with that weakness in mind and my value is great that humbles me but I look to God for my value. I don't look to my weaknesses for my value. And see, when I look to God, I say, yes, I might be unorganized, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible. See, my self-talk turns towards God, and I get my confidence. I get my, come on now. Are you excited? I get my confidence from God. You get your confidence from God. You gotta get your confidence from Him, the creator of the universe who lives inside of you, that nothing can touch you, that you can do all things through Him. Don't let anybody tell you you're nothing because God said that you are everything. Woo, I get fired up on this one. Because I am sorry for you translators that I'm going too fast. You've got to stop talking to yourself and put yourself down. God never puts you down. It says that God's going to take you. He's going to pick you up, right? I'm serious. This is what the Bible says. He's going to pick you up, and he's going to, I believe he's going to grab you like this, and he's going to hold you up, and he's going to go, look, universe, look at this wonderful thing I made. Look at this awesome thing I made. Look at this amazing thing I made. He's, amen, that's right. Oh, my glasses, yeah. It's okay. Yep. Oh, no, I can't see. I'm no good. So foolish. So foolish. 
Who does God choose? He says he chooses the weak things. He looks down, he looks around, and he finds the weakest one. He says, watch what I'll do through him. So when you're weak, you're strong. Can I get an amen? Sorry, I got a little excited there. I'm going to finish on time. There's a reason I have to. Second one is path to freedom. God has already prepared you with the tools for victory in what you're going through now. Remember the story of the boat. When Jesus sent the disciples out on the boat, he was sleeping in the front. And it says all of a sudden, the storm started. And all of a sudden, we're gonna die! And Jesus is sleeping, he's relaxed. He's calm. And they're screaming like they're gonna die. And Jesus wakes, they wake up Jesus. Jesus calms the storms. And he says to them, he says, you of little faith, don't you remember the bread What's he talking about? He's saying, remember the bread and how I turned five loaves and two fishes to feed thousands? You remember you saw what happened when my hand is in something? Do you remember what I showed you when my hand is in it? Why are you nervous now? I already showed you what it's all about, and now you're nervous. You forgot. I already prepared you for this storm, but you've forgotten. God always the stuff you're going through in the past is preparing you for now. God's preparing you. And from the very beginning, God prepared you. Right at the beginning, when you first started following him, he prepared you for this trap. And he prepared you to get you, set you free. Because he said, forgive, uh, forgive like God has already forgiven you. See, he's already prepared you. You can do it. You can release them because God released you. He showed you how. He said, watch how I'll do it with you. Now you do it to others. He's already prepared you for this victory. He's already prepared you and showed you how to get out of the trap. Now in faith, will you take the step to forgive? Ooh, I'll tell you, we're talking bebas. We're talking freedom. I, I remember when I, when, I, when, I first, when I first got saved, when I first came to Jesus, I mean, I had a lot of shame. You know, I had a lot of shame in my life. And, and then I, I, I received Christ, and I just felt so forgiven. I remember just going through the field, just walking through this field. I was just like a grassy field, and I was just like dancing because I felt so free. I was like, God, you, I felt so forgiven. I remember that feeling of being so free and being forgiven because he just freely forgave me. That's what you do to others. They can't do anything to you because you're already of great value. So, so you get ripped off. So you lose a lot of money. Big whoopty diddly squat. I don't know how you're going to translate that one. Big deal, big deal, it's money. It's nothing, it's little, it's nothing. Oh no, no it's nothing, trust me it's nothing because in heaven, woo, you got so much. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, nothing. 
And then the last thought, and I'll close with this. This idea, faith in the mystery. Faith in the mystery. See, he's given you faith. You have absolutely no idea why this stuff has happened. Yeah, me neither. You have no idea why you're in the middle of this storm, why all this stuff is happening to you, why you know this person did this to you. You were so nice to them. You were trustworthy. You were kind. You were gentle. And they did this to you, and you are hurt. You know what? You don't have an answer, but you do have a tool. And the tool is to simply trust God. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. God will keep at perfect peace a mind that is focused on him. Just walk in faith, trusting God. I know I am a person of value. God, I don't understand why this happened, but Lord, I'm just going to keep my eyes on you. In the crushing, there is new wine. I love that. I now surrender. Jesus, make new wine out of me. I'm telling you, if you walk in faith in the middle of an offense and you begin to set free and ask forgiveness, or give forgiveness to those people, trust me, there will be such new wine pouring out of you, people will say, who the heck is that? Who in the world is that? I don't know that person. And you say, that's right, because it's not me. It's the king of kings coming out of me. Amen?